Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week, we bring you Dreadlock Dave. That's me, man. What's uh, up, dude? How you doing, brother? Pretty good. Thanks for coming down, dude. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, this is a, uh, uh, you're such an interesting guy. I, I can't even, I, I, you, I need you to help me explain you. Yeah, that, that's how interesting you are. Yeah, in researching you, I, I've really found you one of the most fascinating guys we've had on here, I think, really. One of the more fascinating, for sure. Um, you, 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 you actually um, call yourself, your, the, what you do, Folkadelic Funk Pop. That's correct. Yeah, and so pretty much that's the fusion, that's the word that describes what you fuse. Yes. To create what you create, and I think that's even kind of like cutting it short. I think you could actually probably add another <laughs> like six or seven syllables on it. Right, that. right. Wow, man, really interesting stuff. Um, can't wait to hear everything, because I, I did a lot of reading and stuff, and uh, you know, there's a lot, but I'm sure there's a lot more to uh, find out about Dave. Yeah. Yeah, sure, man. So you like you're one of you're one of them guys. Music is your life, basically. I mean, right? I mean, at an early time, you decided that music was going to be it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in my uh, senior photograph next to the, the the description next to the photograph is either I'm going to join the circus or I'm going to be on a stage somewhere. And this is actually before I made that leap into you know full time music. Anything? Were you already playing instruments at this point, though? Yeah, yeah. I, I started on you know the quintessential piano lessons at age five oh. uh, from the little old lady you know in the neighborhood, and then um, into uh, the fifth grade band program. I started doing the saxophone. So, so you know, when people start <clears throat> playing instruments at five, usually mom and dad or somebody. It's kind of pushed you into that situation. Totally. So how how did that, how how did that all happen basically? I yeah. Mean. Well, uh, we had a we had a grand piano that was my grandmother's piano, and uh, you know it's like well the boy the boys are going to try to take piano lessons, you know uh, my mom and dad were both are still very musical people. Um, my mom played trumpet in the high school band. My dad's been singing barbershop. Uh, uh, chorus and chorals uh, since he was 14 years old. Oh, really? So I heard barbershop around the house, like, you know, all the time. And that's not something that most kids are, are, are being subjected to all the time. Exactly. That's a, yeah, You're it's right. a different type of music. You know, four-part harmony, boom, like yeah. just, you know, it was kind of ingrained in me. Yeah, where the, where the, vocal, the, the vocals are the instrument, you know? Exactly. And, and, you know, and probably after now, you know, seeing what's happened with, with what the kind of music you play, you know, with, the, with those kind of that kind of singing, where the singing becomes the instrument. You know, you're you're kind of like creating uh, sounds through vocals. So there's a lot of creativity. That you know, it's not like a guitar where you hit a string and it makes a noise. You're creating things and you're doing things. I'm wondering if that helped form why you have become the taste that you that you have in music, where you're very creative and outside of the box. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it has. I mean, just, you know, seeing, hearing that music, that barbershop music for so long and so often, and also, you know, the, like, the kitschy skets, uh, skits, kitschy skits, the sketchy skits. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the kitschy uh, skits that they do, um, you know, in, in a barbershop performance was, that was like kind of the first uh, theatrical thing I was involved in, seeing my dad, you know, at the, at the contest. They have these contests annually or <clears throat> whenever. But, um, you know, they all these quartets would come up and do their thing, you know, which always, you know, had some kind of uh, not only great four-part harmonies, but... You know, like, a, it was a show. Yeah, right. So, you know, there was a performance, and there was a... a dancing, skit, and, dancing and, and choreography. Costumes, yeah, choreography, sure, right. sure. Yeah. yeah, man, yeah, yeah, that's what it was all about. Yeah, so that was, like, the first, you know, really um, introduction I had to, you know, performing and performances like that. Yeah, and you're, and, and this is more of a, a hands-on thing. This is live. You're, you're, like, you're not you're not somebody watching this on a television screen and seeing this from a million miles away and right. having dreams about it. This is all <laughs> real and all happening in front of you. Totally. Yeah. Right. And yeah. That, again, that, that helps form some things and, you know, and, and, you know, like when it comes to music and musicians, don't you find like the, a lot of people, it just comes down to the, the, the belief in that you can do it. Like, like with music, I think there's a lot of people who put a, they don't even try because they feel like, Oh, this is so bigger than I can ever do or whatever. Yeah. And then there's some people that don't, they just, they, it's like, I saw, I saw the Beatles play on TV and I wanted to do that. That was right. what I, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. There's yeah. that. Then there's, there's those people. Right. 
but you have to be subjected to certain things. And there's a difference between watching something on television and having a musical family and a musical thing where you're subjected to it all the time. Yeah. Now I can do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Yep. So what was the, what kind of music are you listening to though? While this is happening? I mean, like, I mean, you're awfully young, right? This is, you're, you're, you're yeah. awfully young. Right. So is this like the music, this is what you're doing at the time? I mean, like, you're like, you're in, are you into that at the time also, you think? Or you remember? Yeah, no, you know, I wasn't really into it. It was like, you know, dra- dragging. Through mom and dad do yeah, type Yeah, thing. right, exactly, you know. But, um, you know, early on, around, you know, like six, seven years old, my dad pulled out a stack of 45s, and they didn't listen to popular music, really. You know, they had, you know, whatever the, uh, like, Wixie 1260 was rolling in the, in the car, <laughs> yeah. you know, or something like that. But, uh yeah, basically, my dad pulled out a stack of old records, and I was amazed that, you know, I, it was the first time I'd ever seen a piece of vinyl. Oh. And so it was a stack of 45s that included, you know, like Chuck Berry and Fats Domino and all these things from the 50s. And the one that struck the chord with me literally was uh, Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Oh. I, put, I put that thing on, I, I was just mesmerized and sucked in. So I commandeered that stack of 45s, and that became my music library. Oh, so that was uh, your first th- th- ownership of music. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I had a hand-me-down uh, little stereo set with two little speakers. It just had a, a turntable and an 8-track in it. Oh, so I, yeah, I, I, I didn't those. have much, no radio or anything. Oh, I didn't even have a receiver on right, it. Right, oh, exactly. No so that was like, um, you know, I played those records over and over and over. Yeah, those become like the records you own in your soul now, right? Totally. Like, 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 totally. if they come on, it's like they resonate somewhere that no other song can, right? Exactly. Yeah, the first exactly. ones, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so, does this resonate now throughout all of school and everything? I mean, like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering that, that, that you've always, as far back as you can remember, love music. Is it basically type thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just, I was, I was gravitated towards everything musical. You know, it was just a, a fascination for me, um, you know, and, and starting early and having that musical family around to, you know, like it's just, it was just different. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've always loved music, always. Now, was there, was there ever a time where you thought you might do something else other than music? Like, was there ever a time where you were like, or, or was there like, that would just never really cross your mind? No, no, the, the, about the farthest I got away from actually, you know, being a performer or, you know, creative artist in, a, in the musical world. Um, when I was 18 years old, I, I was a nurse's aide, actually. So I, oh, I, really? I, I worked um, at a nursing home in an MR unit, and most of the patients were bedridden. And I actually thought about, like, going into music therapy at that point. Oh. So uh, so music was going to play a part of it one way or the one, other. Yeah, one way or the other. You know, <laughs> whether I was in the medical field or, you know. How do I how do I incorporate music into this yeah, somewhere, exactly. somehow? Which is what you kind of do, right? Like, that's what you do now. I mean, like, that's your thing. Like, you weave music into things that people wouldn't think to do things. And, like, you're doing things outside the box. That's what you do. Oh, well, thank you, man. That's I, I what mean, you I, do. I, I try. You know, I mean, I, I've always wanted to try to, like, push my, you know, my personal boundaries and just get, you know, get outside and, and suck it all in, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the other thing I think I found really, really appealing about you, dude, is that you, you come off this vibe that co- you come off with it. You just don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> right. And that, I, I mean, I just think that resonates with people. I, I really do. I think that, you know, I think that's something that we, we see sometimes where musicians take themselves a little too seriously totally. and then, yeah. And, and, and it's not fun. No. It's like no. it stops being fun all of a sudden. It's like, and I don't, I that vibe with you is completely the opposite. I mean, it's like you're about fun, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like that's what it's all about. Totally. Hell totally. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're not having fun, why do it? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of been my whole thing all along. Um, but, you know, the older I get, definitely, it's like, if it's not fun, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, I don't lose interest very quickly. Now, were you getting into any kind of bands during school, like high school or anything like that? Were you getting involved with other musicians at this point yet and starting to, like, do the thing where, you know, you get to the bands? And- yeah, yeah. Well, I did. <clears throat> so, in fifth grade, I, as I said, I, I started playing saxophone, and I loved that. Um, we did some quartet stuff, which was really cool, like a saxophone quartet thing. And that, that, I remember that being a pinnacle moment for me, um, as far as instrumentation and instrumental music. Arranging things yeah. with all the same instruments. So you had four saxes where they did different 
Yeah, two two altos, a tenor, and a baritone. So you guys are creating songs with this this four. That's so cool. Yeah, it kind of resonated, you know, from my uh, previous experience with the four part harmony and the barbershop music. Oh right, four instruments. Oh yeah. Um, But that that was a pinnacle moment, and um, and then so as school went on, uh, I got uh, into the marching band once I got into high school, and the saxophone just wasn't loud enough me so i i my freshman year i switched to flugelhorn which is uh, instead of the woodwind it's a brass instrument so right. it's a totally different embouchure the way you you know blow into the horn and uh so that was there was a learning curve there but then sophomore year i ended up grabbing uh the sousaphone so i ended up marching with the big wrap around tuba you know, I could have dotted the I had I gone to Ohio oh, State. State. <laughs> <clears throat> but my uh, my band director did, actually. That, well, he was a, also no a kidding. Yeah, oh, that's player. cool. Yeah, so that was, uh, he was a big inspir- inspiration. Um, so that was your, that, that's your, in, that's instrumentally, you're playing those instruments first. That's how you're learning music, basically, is starting off with wind instruments, you know, yeah. whether it's brass or woodwind. Yeah, piano. And, uh, and then brass. piano was first, right? Yeah, piano, piano was, was first. first, and then saxophone, and then brass. And during that time in high school, I, I uh, prior to that, I was 10 years old, moved to the new school system, and my new best friend, his older brother, uh, you know, he was a few years older than me, gave me... Uh, his uh, stack of Kiss records. Uh. So it was like the first <laughs> eight Kiss records I think I had. And then, the, you know, the 45s got set aside and I started to listen to nothing but the Kiss Well, records. Kiss changes lives, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's, it's, we sure they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah right sure. here. We're sitting yeah. here like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which that's a great, just great. Yeah, the fundraiser, yeah. Yeah, the fundraiser, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's, that's just so funny. It's the Beatles or Kiss. Yeah. I, I, I really believe that. I mean, like, it was, it, you know, it depends on when you were born, kind of like. Totally. But it's the Beatles or Kiss. Yeah. It's like, It just seems like those, those bands just got so many people into music. It's incredible. Yeah, really. It, it really is. Yeah. But for me, it was both. Like, because I, I also heard the Beatles early on. But I didn't own any. I didn't own any material, you know. Yeah, so right, like, right. So the kiss becomes like your thing, yeah, you know, yeah, right? Yeah. And and at that time now, are you like forcing yourself like on the stage? Is this? Are you starting to get into that point where you're like, I got, I want, I really, because kiss can do that to you. Yeah. Like just the cover, just the inside of a live too. When you open it up, it makes you want to be a rock star. Totally, dude. <laughs> well, I think I think I was maybe like 13 years old, 14 years old, um, in the in shop class we. I built a guitar out of, uh, they used to sell uh, wine, they probably still do, in like a four-pack wooden box. And so I used that wooden box as the body of the guitar. Wow. And it, it was barely functional, but, you know, it was kind of like an old uh, wash tub kind of, you know, thing. It made noise. Portable, yeah, yeah. it made noise. <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, there was, a, there was an afternoon one summer uh, where we put the kiss makeup on and went out on the tree lawn and were you know air guitaring and and I actually stuck a smoke bomb in this wooden you did the ace guitar, did the ace freely thing <laughs> and you know caught the That's it, so caught, cool. it caught it was like balsa wood or whatever this case but it, it caught the guitar on fire it was so rock and roll you know? <laughs> everything I, that everything it, that ace does it, exactly <laughs> man so you know we're out on my my buddy's tree lawn and uh, and scaring people as they drove down the road you know. <laughs> But uh, so it was like, you know, uh, early high school, uh, freshman, sophomore year, I really started to like want to get into a band situation. And because of Gene Simmons, that influence on my life, I picked up the bass guitar. Yeah. Got a bass guitar for Christmas. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where it all started for me. Gene. Gene. Gene's the guy, yeah, man. Yeah, that's exactly. so cool, though. Yeah. That's so cool, and yeah, that's and and you would would you say like right now in time that is your primary instrument? Would you say like I mean, or do you even have one? I mean, are they, are, are you consider yourself like a bassist and you play everything? Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. I, I I mean, bass bass guitar is my my primary instrument. Yeah, and you seem to you seem to be pretty good at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was watching some video of you and I was like, wow, man, this guy's all over that thing. Nice. And and one thing that's, you know, <clears throat> done, I want to get into some other things, but you you seem to use your instrument in a very un uh not necessarily the way that or you're unorthodox. So so like you're you're creating new sounds sometimes like with these things and you're you're creating new dynamics with the you're not just using it in a traditional way. Yeah, I yeah, mean, well, thanks, I mean, thanks. yeah, and same thing with that song "Free Fish." I was watching that yeah, one. You got yeah. the banjo, and even that's not 
traditional banjo. Right. It's almost like you're playing guitar, but you get that nice banjo sound going with it. <laughs> but you're playing a lot of single notes and, and, and just kind of like, it's so different. Cool. Well, and it really, it really has a different feel, but that's what I mean. Like you're thinking outside the box. You're not, you're not traditional with these instruments all the time where you feel like you have to just, you know, the, like I said, you're doing these bass and you're up there singing while you're doing it. And you're doing these noises that kind of coincide with what you're saying with dude. Very cool. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. Bro. Yeah. 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 Like what you're doing there is really neat. Where do you think you get the, th- like, 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 here's what I always think is fascinating. You know, it's easy to say, well, where do you think you get these ideas from? And where do you think all that comes from and stuff like that? The reason that it's so fascinating is that you just don't see it anywhere. Like, there's a bazillion inch people out there playing music, but no one else is doing this. Wow, well, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. But do you agree? Do you see anybody else doing it? Am I am I crazy to say that? I mean, like, you're making songs that I never heard before. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess maybe it's hard for me to look at it from that perspective, you know, because I'm, I'm doing it, but, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm definitely drawing from you know, a multitude of influences. And I'm, uh, you know, like early on, I remember having the thought because I was a sousaphone player in, in high school, I was like, I want to, you know, somehow integrate tuba into heavy metal because that's <laughs> what was happening at the time. So I've always had this kind of like, you know, grab from whatever and then throw it all against the wall and see what sticks, you know. And for me, me personally, it's it, that's kind of like how I work when I'm creating music or creating a you know creative project, it's kind yeah. of just like gather all my influences and and see what happens. Yeah, and like I think you know it, when I was watching you, I was like, I wonder, I was like, I wonder if like he has a, a bass in his hand or a guitar in his hand. He comes up with a little riff or a little something he comes up with, and then does he go through his like the rolodex of instruments? And he's like, <laughs> but that would sound better if I did that on this. Let me try that and see what that sounds like. And then and then and then after trial and error with a few different things, you. You find out like what it is you. I'm trying to figure it out because it's so unique, you know. Wow, well, cool. Well, thank you, man. Again, I, I, um, you know, it's when I'm working in the studio, I, I, I perform all the instruments myself, and it's kind of like that. It's just like, um, you know, I, I, I'll pick up a whatever, you know. Once I lay down the foundation, uh, I'll just pick things up or add things and and just make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to my ear. Do you have a studio under at your disposal, or I do. do you? Okay, do. so you yeah. have one at the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what you do. So you write there. Yes. So everything's like you don't, you don't, you don't have to like take your stuff into the studio. You're right. just, you're. That's where you create it and everything. Exactly. Now, yeah. what's your studio look like? I mean, do you got like instruments hanging all over the place, or <laughs> do you got like a? I mean, is that is it? You got everything right there at your disposal, or? Yeah. Well, I call it cool and groovy studios. Oh. Um, but yeah, everything is is plug and play. I got a drum kit. I got a keyboard. I got all my guitars. Your rack on the wall. I I have all my forty fives from my dad's collection stuck to the ceiling. You still have yeah, them all. Yeah. I still oh, have that them all. That is so cool, dude. And they're, they're still playable for the most part. But, you know, I just take the thumbtack out and can put it on the turntable. Oh. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> during the pandemic, I actually did a live stream from my studio. So if anybody's interested. You, you can see what it looks like. You can see it. Yeah, on YouTube. You could go go look. But it's, uh, you know, it's just a small. I converted a uh, car and a half garage into a soundproof room. Oh. And, you so know, it's so a, is it is it attached or detached from the house? Attached. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. That's so cool. I can oh, just, yeah. like, you know, 24-7, I can make as much noise as I want. And that's what you do? I mean, yeah. is that is that what you pretty much do? Is that, is that, is that what you spend most of your time doing is making music? Um, you know, no, actually, <clears throat> recently, I mean, um, I, I've, I've just been working so much. I sling, yeah, that's the you know, hippy-dippy love songs in my, in my own way at restaurants bars wineries and that's the last several years that's what i've been working on so what do you what do you mean by that now what are you what are you doing just so i'm just playing cover tunes so you're just going there and you're you're setting up an acoustic setup and then you're just playing yeah 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 so singing playing acoustic guitar and I, i have a looper pedal but i don't do a lot of looping um like layers and layers and layers it's more organic just so I can play with myself in public <laughs> so, <clears throat> and get paid for it. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like just like a singer songwriter you'd see. And, uh, but I, I do it a little differently with, with the looper and the bass. And, you know, I, I change the keys to fit my voice. I I'll do, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a utilitarian guitar player, so I'm not like doing intricate things. I'm, I'm hammering out, 
you know, strumming the chords and singing the songs. Do you ever do you ever put down one instrument and pick up another in, in for the loop? Yes. So you do that with bass guitar? Yes. Oh, and, and no guitar. Kidding. So I'll, like I'll run a rhythm, I'll run the rhythm uh, chord change, you know, verse or chorus, and yeah, then yeah, I'll yeah. solo over that on the guitar. And then, you know, sometimes I'll pick up the bass, or sometimes I'll start with the bass, lay down a loop, and then funk out and, you know. Did you find uh, messing with that looper? Did you find it pretty easy to figure it out, or did it take you a little while to get the hang of it? Or well, like when I was in college, I actually had I think Dodd put out. A, I think it was a thirteen or twelve second looper or something was the first thing that came out, and I was fortunate to to have one of those. And so it was even though it was a short sample time, it it got me into the the whole you know like um, as far as keeping things um, working as far as your beat, like the downbeat of the loop when you start that and stop that. That's that's the hardest thing for most people, I think. Yeah. Is well, you know, making that loop seamless. Yeah, right. So uh, that is yeah, so you know which note that you have ended on and which note you're starting on so you don't do it on the one next to it and then everything's not out of time. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah right. One, you know, once you finalize that loop, that's it. Yeah, right. So yeah, especially you live. Start over. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So fortunately I've it it uh helped really helped me with my timing just doing that and you know being a bass player all these years you know i, I pride myself on on being a good timekeeper yeah well yeah you know, I, I wanted to be a drummer oh that rhythm section yeah right exactly oh really yeah. can you play the drums yeah 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 so yeah. you do that also yes yeah is there any instrument you you feel like you're not very good at well have you picked that one up yet it's like, is there like one you're like, oh yeah, man. flute, man. I can't, I can't get a note out of a flute. Really? Yeah. Is it just in how you blow into it yeah. type thing? Yeah. I, I, you know, I could do it out of a bottle, right? You know, beer <laughs> bottle, get that, you know, whistle going. It's kind of like that where you're blowing over the hole, but you can't. Uh, yeah, for me, that that was always impossible. I tried. So. Did it yeah. drive you crazy when you couldn't do it? Is it one of them things where you were just like? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was... Because everything up to this point, you've been able to do, you know? Like, yeah, right, right. You know, and, and the brass and the, and the woodwind, even, like, you know, my lip. I could, I could play saxophone now for, you know, five, ten minutes before my lip feels like I got, you know, punched in the in the face. Yeah, 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 it's just yeah. a fat lip, you know, but but you got to build up that embouchure, you know, and... Uh, so so you're, you get back to, to, to high school, you said you were in a couple bands and you were doing some stuff. Then you get out of high school, now you got... Some decisions you got to make, right? Everyone's got the, the post high school decisions they got to make, right? <laughs> right, right. So you got, so you got to, you know, you're gonna decide: am I gonna go to work? I'm gonna be. You, you pretty much at this point have decided you want to be a musician, though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah that's already kind of decided for you that part, right? You've, you've, you've that that your mind's made up there. Yeah. So like, I once I got out of high school, I, I was in a couple bands uh, during high school, and we played a couple gigs. I mean, my first band. Uh, the first gig was actually a paid gig. So really, yeah, it was, uh, we we debuted at the North Olmsted uh, Recreation Complex yeah. in the Ice Rink. <laughs> you know, playing playing uh, you know hard rock metal at the time. Really, yeah. What uh, were you playing? Like, remember, do you remember some of the songs you were playing? Well, we we wrote original songs. Oh, you were doing your own stuff we, too, just a little bit. Um, and then we were doing like you know, Living After Midnight, oh, Judas Priest, Priest yeah. and, and some Iron Maiden, and wow, and some Kiss. And, cool. You know, oh all, yeah, all that stuff. That cool, cool, was cool. happening. Um, but yeah, so uh, we, we got paid for the gig, and I'm like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. The, all my friends are here. There's there's girls here. We're getting paid. This uh, maybe this is a career path. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so that's that's kind of how that started. But at, uh, once I graduated high school, um, I decided to go to electronics school because I figured it would it would also mesh into with music somehow I could repair my own guitars or you know whatever and at the time this was you know late 80s and so the computer w world was changing like super fast fast you know i mean n nobody had personal pcs yet or anything like that you know the internet was just starting to bud yeah you know and uh, so that that was like a decade later before i really integrated into the computer thing you know yeah but, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, after uh, electronic school, I, I really, I, it didn't jive with me sitting on a, on, a, on a metal stool for eight hours a day soldering little joints. You yeah. Know? It was just, like, not my thing. And uh, so I decided to go to Hollywood and uh, went out to California for six weeks, lived in, lived in Hollywood, 
um, right off of Sunset Boulevard. You know, I could walk out the apartment, and then Sunset was there, and the Capitol Record building was right there. So you, you moved there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. stop right there. We're going to take a break. Sweet. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Sunset Strip and, okay. the, and the whole thing that you went through. Yeah, cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. When we come back, Dreadlock Dave. You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. What's going on, Level Up listeners? Signal Flow Studios is a Cleveland recording studio founded in 2013, located in the steel yard just down the hall from Brian and Pat at Level Up Cleveland. At Signal Flow, we pride ourselves in offering top quality audio and a great recording experience to artists here in town and from across the country. But what makes us unique at Signal Flow is our undivided attention to the people who keep us going. That's you, the artists. So come on in and let us make your music our top priority. You can book online at www.signalflowstudio.com or give us a call at 216-920-2075. We'll see you soon. And we are back, everybody, with Dreadlock Dave. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... You're in Hollywood, man. You just you just got into Hollywood. Yeah. And this is like uh all new. Yeah, all new. You know, everybody on the Sunset Strip looked like Guns N' Roses. All um, had that clothes and the hair yeah, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, you know, it was shifting. They're like, you know, we didn't see it necessarily on MTV yet, but it was shifting. Yeah, everything happened in California before we ever got to exactly, see it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So like the 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 flashy spandex and all that was kind of fading in in favor of the leather and the jeans and that that kind of Guns N' Roses look. Um but yeah, Hollywood was cool, um, you know, to visit. <laughs> it wasn't my thing, man. Just the, uh, you know, the whole vibe. It was just too crazy for me, yeah. you know. And I, you know, I like to get crazy every once in a while, but it's just like, you know, it was it was really crazy at the time, you know, um, living right down there. And you know, we were going to the bars every night, you know, the whiskey, Gazaris, all the all the places on the strip. The, and uh, you know, but the uh, it was crazy because they. The, the drugs were so rampant at that time, and uh, they, they would ring the apartment buzzer. You know, like, hey, you guys need anything? You know, <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, we didn't. But, um, yeah, it was, just, it was just weird, man. And it was four guys living in an apartment with no furniture. You know, we were sleeping on sleeping bags on the floor. Oh. And uh, so, it, you know, I went out there with, you know, a couple hundred bucks. You know, and uh, it was just, uh, it was, it was, it was a great visit. You know, I was out there for six, eight weeks. Did you make it that long? That's yeah. uh, two months. That's a, that's a good amount of time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But then it, you know, became Christmas time and uh, my parents had relocated to Chicago. So it was just like, you know what, man, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go to to music school. So I, uh, I tried to, uh, I actually, I got into Berkeley in Boston and then, I we I drove up there with a friend and uh, my car was ripped off, so we were stranded in Boston for forty eight hours. Wow! As a nineteen year old kid with no money, and my parents happened to be in Europe at the time, and my my friend's parents were on Kelly's Island, so there was no way to get a hold of anybody. Yeah, and this was before cell phones before and cell phones, and yeah. Zelle and Venmo. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man, exactly. So we did, we found a friend a friend of mine from New York uh wired us some money and we were able to get on the bus from Boston to but it was it was just a harrowing experience. Yeah, right, right, right. But uh so then I came back to the Cleveland area and uh, uh started uh, attending University of Akron and studied jazz and um did their basically did their music program. I was on the five year plan and still didn't graduate, but uh, <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun. Started working in music retail at that time at uh, Sam's Music, which was Sam's World of Golf, Guns, Tennis, and Music. Uh, <laughs> was that the last one? Music? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, their main store was down on Thirtieth and Prospect. Oh, and uh, so yeah, that that was uh. That was like my foray into music retail and and gear and all that aspect of being a musician. Yeah, so that's where you got you kind of learned learned a lot about that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I was I was the guy um, doing inventory, so I had to know all the, all the gear and what it was and what it did and tuning guitars and keeping everything, you know. Yeah, right. Happening. So so th- so like so far, like there's all these little like lessons. Like yes. we've heard a bunch of these little things that along the line that are just little learning lessons yeah. along the way that get you to ultimately to where you're not even dreadlock Dave yet. Correct. 
Correct. <laughs> we're, we're building him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what was happening, man. So, that, so you come back home, you, you, you get a job. Doing the, you know, you're doing the thing, and then are you looking for other musicians too at this point? Are you trying to still play music while you're doing, yeah. while you're going to school and everything? I mean, are you still involved in the scene also? Um, there was about two or three years where I didn't. Um, it was uh, late late '80s, early '90s. I was really just concentrating on school, right? Okay, you know, and uh, working part time in a music store, and that that was yeah, right. that was cool enough for me. Yeah. Um, but then a uh, couple co-workers at the music store, we, we joined forces and, and uh, started a band. And this was in like 89, 90. Um, it was called Big Machine, but it was a, like it was, it was a metal-leaning band. We, we kind of likened ourselves to like Queensryche, oh. actually, like, like classy metal. Yeah, right, right, right. right, right. Not, not so much hairspray and spandex or anything like that. No, right. Well, Queensryche had their own thing kind of too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So that's kind of where that that band kind of took me, and then basically I I didn't have any older friends growing up. I was always the oldest, and I you know a couple years younger, a year younger. So I didn't have any older brothers or sisters. So I didn't really like get into classic rock until I was in college, you know. So oh, I, I, so you're a late bloomer, like yeah. So that's like all that was new music to you at that point. You're discovering all that totally. like, type stuff. Totally. Which is cool. Yeah. Because I, 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 I did that a lot too. You know, like late, later on, like Thin Lizzy. I didn't know a thing about Thin Lizzy till later. And then it was like, oh my God. Right. Know, that kind of thing. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, I just gravitated towards during college. Um, you know, I mean, I, my first taste of reggae, you know, with Bob, Bob Marley legend record, right? To every, every person's first Bob Marley record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all the classic rock from like the Beatles, but, Deep, deeper stuff. Jethro Tull, you know, like the the more obscure seventies. Yeah, not yeah, that, yeah. Not that either one of those bands is obscure, but um, were you into the prog rock type thing back then? Was it totally. like like Mahogany Rush type thing? Were you into uh, stuff like that, or even like Yes and stuff like that? It, like Rush was my band, like as far as you know that pr- progressive yeah, stuff, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, and out there in the in, in front of it. Still, I mean, you still a big Rush fan? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, you know, I mean, like. Yeah, Caress of Steel is probably one of my favorite. Really? Yeah, Isn't man. that crazy? That's like the that's like the, the least, least favorite. That's yeah. the one that they did the you know they always say oh that was the you know that they almost didn't make it because of that. Right, record. right, exactly. That's the one though, that's man. One. Lakeside it, Park. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's a great. It's a great album. Yeah, Diddick's and Nerpets. Yeah, I think I'm going bald. I think I'm going bald. Yeah, yeah, that's a great album. Man. Yeah, I I love the diversity on that on that record. Yeah, they loved it too. They couldn't believe it. Everyone hated <laughs> right, it. Right. <laughs> But, but yeah, you know, that's so, cool. Yeah, so like all during college, I was just researching. You know, I was going to the li- I was going to the library and making mix cassettes and and uh, copying albums. Like if, you know, that was like late high school, college. I was just trying to amass as much music as I could. You were creating your own collection yeah. for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before Napster. Yeah, you exactly. were Napster before right. Napster. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was you know it was just. Uh, um, a discovery period for me for music and and then also i was uh you know all the cats at the music store were older jazz guys listening and turning me on to miles davis and uh you know all the all the greats you know of of that era chick Corea electric band and you know so i i my my musical eclecticness by the time i was in my mid-20s of my the things that i loved was a huge range. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there was ever. I'm like, I'm listening to you telling me this, and I can't. I don't know that there was ever a spot where your mind was closed. Like you, it's like you know, like I know me for instance, my music history. I have a lot of periods in my life where I was very tunnel vision, single minded. You know, uh, thrash metal. When I was into that phase, yeah, it was like that's yeah. it. Like anything outside of that, it's like you right. know, and, <laughs> and 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 it was that way, you know, and then. Later on, I realized that was kind of ridiculous, but I'm getting the vibe from you. Like it was never really like that for you. It was kind of like music is just music, man, and that's it. Yeah. Like there is no like you don't separate it. You just love it all. You Correct. know. Yeah, I actually shunned my like the early metal influence in my life. Um, you know, which was high school and and beginning of college. I just like I I, I pushed all that aside because I dug into the you know 60s and 70s catalogs of of bands and that became my 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 
real true love. I see. Like 65 to 75, there's something about that production. I mean, it's analog. The bands were basically playing in the studio live together. Yeah. And it just, to me, it has a different sound, you know. And, oh, and this, there's a lot of great bands that came out at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot yeah. of great music, too. I mean, yeah. the sound is great, too. But, man, there's a little, you got Zeppelin, you got right. Sabbath. There's a whole lot of great bands that came out at that time. Totally. A just lot. huge. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was an amazing time in, in American popular music. I, I don't think we'll ever, I mean, we, I don't think we'll ever see it in our lifetime. Yeah, we were just yeah. talking about that. Pat and I, just like, like literally, I think two weeks ago or whatever, about uh, the songs, the different songs we were coming up with. And we were like, now name one band that has a song that you will listen to in 30 years from now or you even care about in 40 years from now. Yeah. There's almost, there's just such a s- small group you could even think about. But there's, there's how many songs it's, it's from limitless. that time? You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like, and it seems like, you know, we, we, and we asked the question, we were like, now do we think that way because it's real or we're just old? <laughs> right, right, man. I don't know. Could like, be, yeah, you don't know, you know. Right, right, you don't know, but it does seem that way. Yeah. It does yeah. seem like there's just, it, 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 there's a drop-off. Yeah. yeah somewhere, somewhere, sure. yeah. Something yeah. happened, you know. Um, But anyways, so, you're in college. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, uh, and, and, and when you're going to college, like, you're discovering the, the classic rock stuff at this point, too, at the same time, right? Yeah. So classic. you're learning jazz. Yep. And, and why did you decide jazz? Is that just basically what the classes are when you get into music? It's mostly like a lot of jazz is the, is the main, Yeah, that's what you learn? Well, at the time, at the University of Akron, I mean, it, it was more limited, you know, uh, what you could do or what, you know, there wasn't a contemporary program. Because as I said, I was accepted into Berkeley, so I was thinking, you know, like rock and roll school is yeah. where I want to be, or like thought about going back to... Uh, LA to do the GIT BIT thing oh, oh, oh. Um, you know so, but I wanted something contemporary but um, because at the time uh, Akron the it was it was funny it felt like there was this you know hierarchy of like the majority of the school was classical musicians and then you had a smaller much smaller group that was the jazz guys and then you had the dregs the rock and roll guys which is where i was so yeah. i'm like well if i study jazz and i started playing upright bass at that point because oh, cool. they didn't they didn't even offer uh an electric bass program so i technically had i graduated i probably would have been one of the first people to graduate from the U- university of akron with an electric bass performance degree oh. i was kind of heading in to try to do my own program there you know just like <laughs> like i normally do yeah know? right i'm doing it my own way <laughs> right 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 so um that that didn't happen but uh yeah i i got into my first um you know uh, the big machine the metal band uh was an original band we were you know all original music and we were playing the akron agora and Flash's nightclub and G.J. McCaws out in Lorraine and, you know, the, the, the smaller and mid-sized clubs yeah. at that time. We were trying to, you know, break out. And then, of course, you know, the whole grunge movement came. So it's just like, sh- I mean, the, the Agora closed. All those clubs just kind of, ev- the, the scene died. Yeah, it did. You know, it was an amazing, interesting time. So uh, I got more into um, the classic rock thing and formed my first, you know, classic rock uh, power trio. And so we were doing the bars. My first gig was at a place called Merker's Lounge on 152nd in Lorraine. No. Yeah. 136th in Lorraine. 136th in Lorraine. I grew up on that street. Is that right? I grew up on 136th. No way, dude. That's the corner of my street. Wow, yeah. Yeah, Merker's Lounge. I might have heard you that night. You might have. I do. They used to have some killer bands there. Yeah, so so we used to play. (laughs) They used to book us for uh, two nights. Uh, That's too funny. Yeah, you'd do a Friday and a Saturday night, so it was cool. You left your gear, and at the time, I was living in an efficiency apartment for $187.50 a month. Ah. And I was like, shit, man, I can, can, you know, make my nut here in in one (laughs) You know, pay my rent yeah. one weekend. Yeah, right, man. So um, that's that was kind of the moment that I decided, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to be a musician around town and, and, you know, play as many gigs as I possibly can. That's cool. And that's kind of what launched the last 30 years. Of, yeah, that's of, a, of, and, and that's the only way you can really do it, right? Yeah. Like, like, like you know, musicians that think you can't make money playing music, you can. Yeah. You can make a career out of it. You just got to kick ass. You got to, you got to, like, get out there and, like, grind man you yeah. got it you got a gig yeah you got to exactly. play man exactly. you got you, you you can't 
just play weekends either. Like you got to play Wednesdays, Thursdays, right. Tuesdays, whenever you can. Yeah. Like, like we've met a we've met a bunch. Yeah. You know, we met a bunch of guys that, that do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I got I'll give you guys credit. I don't know fucking how you do it. Like <laughs> like like you know like the thing about entertainment is like wearing that smile every day. Like even when you ain't feeling it, but you got to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every day's you know everybody you're just like everybody else. You got your good days. You got your bad days. But damn, dude, you guys got to get out there and have a good day every day. You have to. That's your job. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing to me. Well, yeah, I feel lucky. I feel blessed to be able to do music, number one, and actually make, I mean, I made a living. I haven't had to punch a clock in 30 years. Yeah, that's great. You know, so it's, it's uh, you know, and I'm, you know, I don't live high on the hog or anything, but, no. I, you know, I make my, make my nut and raised a family, bought a house, and, you know. When you're, when you're out playing music and, and, and doing that, to make money like that's already living pretty high on the hog right well, like that's pretty cool i mean that's pretty economically fun. no but yes. yeah i know what I you mean, mean but yeah. i mean like what does money buy you anyways those are the kind of experiences i mean like that really is like like i think that's so cool that you get to do that totally i yeah i feel r- really lucky you know and I've, I've worked hard to to be able to do that but it's uh yeah i mean it's it's a great gig man so you know? so so you get out of college i, I want to keep on this yeah, i, yeah, I, I want to yeah. finish this off so you yeah. get out of college and and what do you do first? Uh, so I was still working at the music store, and and then just transitioned into full time. Um, you know, I, I had like three or four bands I was playing with uh, in my early twenties, and then I got into a band called Rebels Without Applause, and cool. ended up Damn. being being with them for eighteen years. Oh wow! So and, and what are the, what are you doing with them? Uh, playing bass. I mean, but what kind of music? What, what is the, all that classic rock? So you're doing you're doing covers and you're doing classic rock and you're just out there killing it. Yeah, yep, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and technically, we were a jam band uh, in in a way. You know, I mean, even though like we would do like a Doors tune, like "Love Me Two Times" or something like that, but it would be a six minute version. Yeah, you go into a middle part. And yeah, just yeah. And, stop. and our guitar player Steve Gordon was is still an amazing musician and had the ability to, we, we could stretch things out. So yeah, I, so you I, improvise a lot of improvisations and stuff like that. If you want, you know, all of a sudden it's just like, all right, totally. We're going into one of them parts guys. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, most of the tunes, you know, and we had like a list of 200 or 300 songs in the repertoire. Oh my God. Dude. Oh, that's amazing to me, dude. More than that's a lot, man. more than half. I learned on the gig. Oh, you know, like really? Yeah. Yelling the chords out to me. Yeah. And then, you know, like it was funny for years after I was in that band, I would be in the grocery store and hear like the original tune, and I was like, "Oh, that's nothing like w- the way we play it." Or, yeah, you know, right. the, the bass line's nothing. You know, I would like, write my wrong. own bass lines. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it was just funny and weird, but uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, that was that was, um, you know, that was like a huge learning experience for me. Yeah, right. Because you know, all the, all those guys were ten years older than me. And you know, I was the young. They'd been buck. there too and done some, a lot. Of, the experience, they had yeah. all the experience. Yeah, Rebels Without Applause ended up being a band for thirty-five years. It was a band ten years before I joined, and then I was with them for eighteen years, and then it went for seven, seven more. more. Yeah, that's a long time, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. With uh, two two lineup changes, you know. So as the singer and the guitar player were together for thirty-five years, slinging cover, t- you know, songs around Cleveland. So are you're. you're so you do that band, yep. eighteen years. So you're you're now now you're up there. Now you're you're yeah. forty years old, yeah. somewhere in that exactly. area, right? You're, yeah. When does Dreadlock Dave come into the picture? So yeah, that that came uh, in the early nineties. Uh, I um, you know I gravitated towards uh, Bob Marley and marijuana, <laughs> and uh, and uh, kind of opened my mind. The whole Rostaman thing, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, like uh, you know, living. Uh, uh, the like the diet i became natural like naturally oh. motivated organic and not eating preservatives and fast food and all that shit yeah so um it was uh it was just kind of like a spiritual but also musical and uh it was it was a, just a big change you yeah. know and and uh i i had curly hair at, you know after going through puberty and my first dreadlock actually formed on its own so <laughs> like, like a knot yeah. like what it just kind of like yeah it was just in, in, in the back here you know and i was like well i, I guess i'm supposed to have dreadlocks that's man. cool man and uh the girl uh singer in our uh, band at the time she was she was uh heavily influenced by rasta and uh so like i she turned me on to different ways of thinking and you know that kind of just led me down this path i'm like yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna put dreadlocks in and uh 
So that I haven't uh, turned. You haven't looked back. Yeah. Yeah. And are you still like in the in the same diet and everything like that? Or are you, uh, are you no, still? That, that's varied over the years. You know, <laughs> I mean, I was I was a pescatarian for a long time. I was a vegetarian for a little while. But no, I'm back on the meat wagon or ah, off yeah. the meat wagon, whatever it is. I'm eating meat. Yeah, now. you eat meat again. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. It's yeah, good. Yeah. And then when you come in here today, you gift us. <laughs> you gift us with beer. Yes. Okay, like, hey, guys, I brought you some beer, and I'm thinking, oh, he's gonna pull out a couple beers. That was awfully nice. So you got your own fucking beer. That's right. How that's cool right. is that, dude? It's super cool because you know I collected beer cans. Uh, as a oh. kid in the 70s. Oh, and I think we all did. Yeah, I think was, everybody yeah, did. It was a, you know, I thought yeah. I was going to re- be able to retire on my beer can <laughs> collection. <laughs> right? But no, that was not to be. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I um, it was actually during the pandemic. Um, right, right at the end, as things started opening up, I'm like, man, I got to go out to a restaurant and get just, I hadn't been to a restaurant like a lot of people in a year or more or whatever it was. And uh yeah, man, I just got to go out, and I live near Chagrin Falls, and they got great restaurants down there, and so I said to my buddy, let's go get something to eat, but I want to stop off at this brewery that I stopped at once before the shutdown, and, you know, we'll get a beer, and then we'll go down and get something to eat. Well, I walk in there, and it's instantly rock star treatment. The, apparently, the brew keeper, uh, Eric Stewart, um, has been following my career for many, many years. How wild is that yeah and he's so we just like uh hit it off and the the whole the whole place the crooked pecker brewing company in chagrin falls is what i'm talking about but um he's uh he said yeah man we should do a dreadlock dave beer like i love what you do i love this and i'm like dude i would be honored so i actually got to choose the hops and the the first batch we made, I did the whole process. I got the hands-on, do hands it all. On, you got in the tank and cleaned it out, oh, sho- shoveled wow. the spent grain. You know, I, So this I was, isn't like just your name on a can. No, no. I was I, I said, you know, dude, I want to do a – I love a hazy IPA. It's my go-to. You know, if I'm going to drink beer, that's I want something with some body and some thickness and some, you know, it's like 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 a loaf of bread in here. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good beer though. Oh, thanks. Man. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, everything the Crooked Pecker does is is great. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm not I'm not usually a big fan of IPA. I can drink some of them, not all of them. Yeah. This is good. Cool, cool. Yeah, man, very yeah, good. I, I've had that that same statement from people before, but you know, and I can't take that much credit, but I I I did. Well, you had more hands on than some people did. Yeah, yeah. I I told uh, you know, we collaborated and I said, you know, I want to dank the most dank hazy ipa we can make and it turned out to be an 8.5 percent yeah you know hazy ipa with the citric citra and mosaic hops is is the is that what it is it does have a citrusy taste to it actually a lot of a lot of people say grapefruit yeah maybe a little bit yeah maybe a little bit like grapefruit yeah i didn't yeah i couldn't place it but citrusy for sure yeah it's It's not as punchy as as some ipas or like that bitter no it doesn't have a terrible aftertaste that's what i don't like about most ipas this has got a nice aftertaste yeah cool it's not it's not bad at all like everything else bro you're cool (laughs) fucking you're cool dude man oh thanks dude so you got you got stuff coming up you think like like you'd be gigging and stuff coming up here shortly i mean like yeah my calendar is basically full um where do you normally play out? Like, where, where are some of the places that people could commonly see you? Like, is there some places that go to places where you? Yeah, well, I'm I'm doing uh, the beerheads. So the beerheads in the flats, beerhead Avon, beerhead Concord. Those are like your... three times a month. I'm and you just kind of it's like, it's like rotate, rotate around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but there's uh, several other places I'm doing on a regular too. Um, but you can always check that out at dreadlockdave.com. Yeah, you got your own website. Own, own website. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on social media also? Yes. So yes. you got you got everything. Yeah, yep. yeah. I knew that. I just got every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Google me, man. I love when you Google me. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, and and so as far as far as uh, writing tunes now. Yeah. Do you put out? You know, do you put out your music? And do you do? How do you? What's what's the process with that? Yeah. Um. So I I, I did. Uh, my last record was in 2018, and I I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I think. I want to put out some vinyl, so I'm going to do uh, um, a release uh, on Friday, November 17th at the Beachland Tavern. Oh, I got a, a release party. Yeah. So, oh. And I, 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 the plan is to get my first, I'm a huge vinyl fan, you know, as, from, from, as a young lad. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to, um, you know, get a band together and just 
do maybe an EP or maybe a full length. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but um, something's coming out on November. New in music, November, new Dreadlock Dave music is coming out. In, in and November. you and, and you say when you say get a band together, you're talking about like friends and stuff like that, or yeah. you're going to go hire people, or yeah. you, you, do you know people that you're just going to like. Like, come on, dude, we got to do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there already people you got in mind? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, have yeah. My, my Rolodex of musicians that I play. Because I'm basically, I'm not doing a lot of band work now, but I'm doing solo stuff. And I have, uh, you know, several musicians in on the top end of the Rolodex that I'll call. And, and this may be a con, you know, conglomeration of, of several people that, with this new recording. Yeah, and, and then you never know, too, once you do this, you never know, man. It's just sometimes yeah. these things have a way of never ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, you're like, well, that was fun. A lot more fun than I thought. Let's do it again. Right, right. Yeah, right. that's cool. So everyone just just keep their eyes open, man, and, and see what Dreadlock Dave's doing. I mean, you got because you got the website, and once you have a website, as long as they go to dreadlockdave.com, yeah, they know everything. Yeah, exactly. I just got to go to that, and I'll have the link down below. So cool. we'll we'll, the, we'll take care of that also. Awesome, man. That's it, man. We're out of time. All right, brother. It's a pleasure, my friend. Thanks again, Thank man, you, for man. coming yeah, in, dude. Thanks, I really man. appreciate it. Thank you're, you, man. you're a blast. Cheers. Dreadlock Dave, man. Keep your eyes open. Dreadlockdave.com. Check it out. You find out where he's playing out. And uh yeah, pick up some of this. Yeah. Is it, is this in now is this in stores or do you gotta go there to get this? Are you they got, gonna are they gonna release this in the store? You gotta go to the brewery. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. But it, it's possible. And it's 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 in kegs in several different places. Oh, you can get so a keg. Can, go pick out, up a keg of this shit. Let's go. <laughs> it comes out quarterly. Oh, so, does like, it really? Yeah, so yeah. every quarter they're gonna Yeah. Cool, man. All right. It's called uh from Crooked Pecker Brewing Company. Yeah. This is Dreadlock Dave's double IP. Double IPA. Oh, IPA, man. Yeah. I missed the A. Double IPA. <laughs> it could be a double IP. Was, I think it's different. at 8.5%. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, man. <laughs> this has been Level Up Cleveland. There's a new episode every week. Available now on all streaming services. You can catch every episode of Level Up Cleveland on YouTube. Till next week, rock on. That'll be fine.